When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley and welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, our first debater is a freelance writer who can be found on Twitter at Broderick, Ryan Broderick. Hey, Ryan. Hello. I'm happy to be back. I'm excited to argue. Excellent. Well, our next debater is a media boss man. How about that? James Ponce. Hey, James. Very good. And our third debater can be heard each weekday afternoon on Energy 941 in San Antonio, Ernie Martinez. Hey, Ernie. Hey, guys. Super excited to be here, and you are all going down. Well, that's good to know. Well, uh, they'll be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is Alex from Long Island, New York. Hey, Alex. Hey, Dennis. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Now, Alex's job is to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions I present throughout the show, and along with asking the questions, I'm also the show's referee. So if there's something that I hear that I don't like, maybe merits a penalty, you're going to hear this whistle. So before we get started, let's give our contestants a chance to ask the judge a question to get to know him a little bit better. Uh, let's start with Ryan. A question for our judge, Alex? Yeah, um, I just want to get on the same wavelength as you, so what's your favorite flavor of Mountain Dew and why? Um, I think it's Code Red. Because dude, yes, because it it's got that cherry flavor, or or All whatever right. artificial sort of cherry flavor it is. I love it. All right, cool. But Me I too. don't drink I don't drink a lot of Mountain Dew, but when I do, it's it's Code Red. Okay, James, Fantastic. do you have a question for Alex? I do, Alex. What what is your streaming platform of choice? Hulu, Netflix. What what are we doing? Ooh, um, I just got into Hulu. So I, I would say that Netflix has been my go-to, but I'm now starting to venture more into Hulu. Okay, I'm going to All right. Ernie, do you have a question for Alex? Yeah, I feel like this is going to be the most revealing question about you. Judge, are you a dog or a cat person? Ooh, good question. Ooh, this is tough. Uh, I would say I'm more of a dog person. I do not have either at the moment, but um, I tend to... Uh, give I, I tend to get more affectionate around dogs. Got it. Good to know. Thank you. Very good. 
Opening Arguments on Master Debaters. So this is Opening Arguments. In this segment, I'll give each combatant one question. That combatant will answer the question, and our judge, Alex, will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They will have 30 seconds for their argument, and the buzzer will let them know when time is up. So, uh, Ryan, would you trade your privacy to save some money on car insurance? If you drive safely and allow GM's OnStar service to monitor you, you can pay a lower rate. OnStar Insurance President Andrew Rose says you're not forcing anybody to give this information. Do you see yourself as reinventing insurance? We want to reinvent how it's priced making it fairer, making it more controllable for the consumer. The insurance should be available to the general public starting next year. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News, Detroit. So, Ryan, would you trade your privacy to save some money in car insurance? 30 seconds. Uh, No, and I think the entire practice should be completely illegal. I think that private companies getting access to our data, whatever kind of data it is and whatever kind of private company it is, is wildly unethical. I don't trust them. It in the best case scenario will just get leaked out in the worst case scenario they just sell it like i don't know if you've ever heard about what happens when you do a dna test like 23andme but they will sell your data to god knows where and i don't think a, a slightly better deal in insurance is worth having a creepy corporation know way too much about me alex zero to ten what's your score uh it's, it's a good argument i would give it a seven All right, next up, James. The Great Pumpkin never showed on broadcast television this year, but after a deal with PBS, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Christmas specials will return to the air. Last month, Apple TV Plus uh, became the new home to the beloved Peanuts holiday specials that sparked an outcry from viewers who were accustomed to annually tuning in on network TV. Apple offered each special to stream for free for a handful of days, but that didn't stop online petitions from gathering hundreds of thousands of signatures. Wednesday, Apple bowed to the backlash, announcing that it teamed up with PBS for ad-free broadcasts of a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and a Charlie Brown Christmas. So, James, this is the start of a trend of streaming platforms working more with broadcast outlets. 30 seconds. Don't really think so. It's a one-off. It's, 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 you guys, five people wrote a letter. I got a P.O. box full of five angry letters from Grandma. Look, in reality, Apple was like, hey, guys, let's let this go. Let's win some. And they're going to go for the the real gift. Penis really going to stop. They want big league hitters. And that's what that's when they're going to say no to any other confirmation. This is just a little gift. This is not going to. Alex scores score one score. Mm. I was actually glad to see that the peanut specials were coming back because I do not have Apple TV Plus yet. Um, so I'm going to say uh, five. Ernie, next up, the sexiest man alive has been announced, and no, it's not any of us. Just because you're the sexiest man alive doesn't mean your friends think you're cool. That's what Michael B. Jordan told Jimmy Kimmel after finding out he got the designation from People Magazine. That's cool to everybody else, but anybody that really knows you, that's just a, like a, just another way to, they can give jabs to you. Oh, yeah. So like, they've been, they, they were talking a lot of stuff. That's when you wish you had no friends. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's like, even with, with uh, friends like this, why do you need enemies? He did say his mom and aunts, though, were very impressed with the honor. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. So, Ernie, do you believe him when he talks about the struggles of being the sexiest man alive? 30 seconds. 100% yes. Here's why. Because anytime something good happens to you, your friends, your closest ring, 
they always come around and they're happy for you. But the best part about being a best friend or being a close friend to someone who's achieved success is actually giving them a hard time about it. What other benefits are there to having friends in high places rather than to jab them, make fun of them, bring them back down to your level a little bit, knock them down a peg. They can't be the sexiest man alive and not have a hard time about it. Uh, Alex, score zero to 10. That's an eight. Coming up. Oh, things you shouldn't say to your boss. We'll debate that and more next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. And this is where the show starts to heat up a little bit. We have Ryan, James, and Ernie this week competing to convince or judge Alex that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com slash masterdebaters to sign up to be our next judge. So let's keep the debate going. For argument's sake on Master Debaters. So in this segment, I will give all three contestants the same question. They will each take a turn presenting their argument on it. After they each take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give each of them anywhere from zero to 10 points for their responses. A Corpus Christi City Council meeting came to a brief halt when the F-bomb was dropped by a staff member attending the meeting remotely. Corpus Christi City Manager Peter Zanoni was talking about COVID-19 Tuesday when he was rudely interrupted by a man's voice directing the F-word at him. Um, you know that COVID-19 has dramatically changed. Oh, you, Peter. Y'all, th- please watch your microphones. Y'all need to mute your microphones. I don't know who that was, but we heard that we heard that. Chris TV reports Joseph Johnson, assistant director of Parks and Beach Operations, was responsible for the outburst. He has resigned. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. So uh, what's worse, uh, telling your boss to bleep off directly or thinking it out loud and it's slipping out to everyone? We're going to start with Ryan, 30 seconds. I would like to imagine kind of like a professional purge, you know, like the like the movie The Purge, where you could commit a crime uh, for like as much as you want for like a day, but instead it's like you could tell your boss everything you think about them as much as you want for one day out of the year, and I feel like that would really work to you know not fix the economic situation in America, but it would definitely I think help people deal with things. Um, so I'm going to say, yeah, like you should be allowed to tell your boss to fuck off like at least once a year. All right, James, 30 seconds. Well, in this situation in particular, he said Peter. He said blank Peter. Therefore, he's pretty much calling out his job. I think therefore there's after that, if you do that kind of spearhead shot to your boss, well, that is kind of a challenge. And our last debater, I'm, I hate to say it, I'm kind of on that same wavelength where, well, this is a challenge for the job. Alpha against alpha. You guys go head to head and see who gets this job. You've just made like a death match to everyone. Ernie, 30 seconds. Oh my God, I'm so glad you both chose the wrong side of the argument. <laughs> because this is, what, this is what happens when people don't have manners anymore we don't know or understand how to treat each other i would rather be you know approached and say hey you know i think you got that wrong tell me why here's what here and and let's work together to correct it not just hey 
F off you guy because you don't know what you're talking about. We need to reestablish some form of decorum and treating each other with respect. All right, Alex, scores zero to ten for each of them. Ooh, uh, Ryan, uh, kind of got what she was saying. I would give him a seven. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. James, uh, say James, I'll give him mm, the challenge. That's something there. I don't know. I'd say six. And Ernie? And uh, Ernie, yeah, manners matter. Manners really matter, and... I don't know who would do such a thing on a Zoom call without muting. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't say I haven't done the same with that with the mute on, um, but manners do matter, and you're, if you're in a public situation, you don't do that. So I'm going to give him a nine. Fortunately, I've never been in a situation to ever have to think of saying that. So, all right, next topic. Another mm-hmm. celebrity could be trading in Tinseltown for politics. You know his famous catchphrase. When asked in an interview with radio host Hugh Hewitt whether he would run for governor of Texas or another political office, Matthew McConaughey said he was undecided without ruling it out. The Oscar-winning actor was born and raised in Texas before moving to Los Angeles. He described politics as a broken business and said when it redefines its purpose, he would be more interested. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. Here's start with James. You like the idea of a Governor McConaughey? Love it. Are you kidding me? Let's do it. This... This, the only bad thing is the speeches are going to be super long and annoying. Hey, you guys know what I love about Texas. Get to the get to the politics and points. Oh, man, I just love sitting and watching Texas shine. Look, he knows he's going to switch everything around. And not in a bad way. He's, you know, he's very Texas. He was, he was raised in Texas. He knows what Texas is about. He's not an outsider. I say, yes, he's not L.A. anymore. He's not establishment. He's not Hollywood. He really wants the best for Texas. It's almost like if Texas is uh, is a Lincoln Town call for him. Ernie, 30 seconds. This is, we've already been through this experiment before. It's been successful, what, one out of like five times so far? So Matthew McConaughey, even though I'm a fan and I like him, I'd love to have a beer with the dude. Like, I do not think he would be a good governor of Texas because people, actors, reality TV stars, whoever you are, when you get into that chair, you're making decisions for millions and millions and millions of people. And I don't think actor on your resume makes you a qualified participant to 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 be uh, to, to to govern millions of people. Ryan, thirty seconds. A governor McConaughey? Question mark. I'm tired. I'm tired of this. You don't. You're not supposed to like politicians. No one should like politicians. That's not their job. I don't want like an actor. I don't want a businessman. I don't want like the only non like boring politician I want in charge of anything is like every once in a while when one of those dogs becomes a mayor of a small town somewhere. But other than that, like enough already, just like elect normal people. Like I'm so exhausted. Matthew McConaughey. I don't know anything about him. No one knows. Like, Come on, man. Alex, zero to ten points for each of them. What do you want to give out? All three of them have very good arguments. I actually am going to do something I never do. I'm going to give eights all around. A round of eights for Matthew McConaughey. Round of eights. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> 
A new survey reveals the most dependable car brands you could buy. If reliability is what you're after, Mazda is your best bet, according to the annual Consumer Reports survey of the most reliable car brands. The company's senior director of automotive testing says it's what Mazda does not have that makes it so reliable. Instead of the now common 9 or 10-speed transmissions, Mazda still have 6-speeds. Many of the Japanese company's models also don't have touchscreens. Toyota, Lexus, Buick, and Honda completed the top five. The least reliable brand, Lincoln, just below Tesla. Brian Clark, ABC News. So uh, how important is reliability to you in buying a car? Or do you want something that's cooler, something more reliable? Ernie, 30 seconds. I do not care about reliability in a car. The only thing that I care about is all the functions and the little toys that come inside of the car. And is it going to keep me safe? Like, I can run my car from here to work or here to the office or here to the grocery store and not have any problems. Um, but as long as I have those toys to play with on the inside of my car, I'm good. I'm golden. And as long as those work, I'm great. And that's my argument. And that's why I'm sticking to it. And that's me filling time. Ryan, 30 seconds. Oh, boy. I am not the right person to answer this. I have not uh owned a car since i was like well i guess ever uh i don't even really know how to buy a car i've lived in major cities for most of my adult life uh i vaguely understand what reliability means um and it sounds like it would be good um i would like a car to be cheap and be able to drive for a while um in an easy way that i don't have to deal with whatever that means James, 30 seconds. Okay, Mazda. Obviously, they were pretty embarrassed by this award. Most reliable? That's like getting like, oh, most neat and well-kept locker in high school. Look, here's the thing with reliability. Now Uber's coming. Google's having self-driving cars. Our reliability, our reliability doesn't tend anymore to vehicle manufacturer. Not to say it's not important, but cars with synthetic oil can run 200, 300. It doesn't matter anymore. Look, when we can rely on Tesla driving us places in the, our little tube suit, that's what we need to strive for. All right, Alex. Thank you for making my point for me. Alex mm -hmm. scores yep. 0 to 10 for each of them. Um, 7, 4, and five respectively next topic americans are not kicking the habit these days a new government survey found the number of adults who smoke cigarettes in the u.s has remained constant after declining years before while vaping has increased 2019 was the third year in a row in which 14 percent of adults surveyed reported to smoking cigarettes an estimated 34 million total according to the annual cdc survey which also found that 4.5 percent or 11 million adults use e-cigarettes trending upwards every year media luciano cbs news los start, angeles we're going to start with ryan uh, are you surprised by these numbers 30 seconds no way i mean Look at the world around us right now. <laughs> like, of course, people are smoking a bunch. I mean, I, we live in a time of just like absolute chaos. Um, I don't think it's good that people are smoking. Also, like, there's a whole chunk of Gen Z that is now totally addicted to nicotine thanks to Jules. So, like, yeah, I, I it makes a lot of sense. I don't like it, but at the same time, part of me is like. Look, man, the earth is dying, the air is full of plague, and, like, all of our politicians are lunatics. So, yeah, light up a cigarette. James, 30 seconds. Not surprised, all in all, kind of collectively, with e-cigarettes and cigarettes in general. 
e-cigarettes, it's just, it's the thing to do now. It's kind of in. I picked up pho tonight uh, with my wife. We got a nice little soup. Next door is the e-cigarette shop. It looked cool as heck. Excuse my language. There's football going on. There's hacky sack playing. I think it's just more of a style and a trend. When it was my age, I think we were doing Zimas. And we're putting a little color in there. But I'm not surprised to it. We're now it's just very obtainable. And it's kind of a cool thing to do. Not surprised at all. Ernie, 30 seconds. I am not surprised either. I think mainly because people need an escape. They need something. We need external substances to help us relax now. So whether you're having a drink or lighting up a cigarette or vaping, we need something as a world to make us feel better in pandemic times and people being out of a job. So why not just light up, do your thing, relax a little bit, have a little bit of fun, and live your life. Live your life the way that you want to live it right now. Alex scores zero to 10 for each of them. Sounds like a it sounds like a McConaughey thing. Like live your life, man. Uh, seven, seven, six, and seven. Next topic: European scientists, historians, and experts in, in artificial intelligence are uh, collaborating to create an online encyclopedia. Of ancient smells. The three-year, three-million-dollar project aims to catalog a directory of smells from the 16th to early 20th centuries. The project is called Odoropa. The experts will search old paintings and texts from as early as 1500 to sniff out and then recreate as many aromas as possible. Since indoor plumbing and deodorants are relatively recent inventions, let's hope this remains an online catalog. Not sure that's a museum many of us would want to visit vicky barker cbs news london so uh james we're gonna start with you would you like to visit an, a museum of ancient smells 30 seconds I, I think i'm good uh i think i'm all right with that i don't need to go to the king taint uh, exhibit i don't need to do uh any kind of uh inspection or, or learn that far into it um, which is very interesting because if you guys remember going on field trips, uh, that's going to make for a very, very shocking trip. Uh, we don't need our kids traumatized. We don't need them running back and asking new kind of questions uh, of why the Emperor of Rome smelled uh, like fungus. Uh, we need to keep that away, and that's something we don't need to invest money in. Ernie, 30 seconds. So my wife and I have this conversation because we like to watch TV shows that are based in... 1600s, 1700s, you know, Game of Thrones. And we just like talk about this, like imagine what those people smell like not having bathed and going to the bathroom outside in holes for weeks on end. No, thank you. I will not be joining that museum. I am not purchasing a membership to that online store or anything like that because the smells of those centuries can be so foul. And Ryan, 30 seconds. This is literally something I think about all the time, and I absolutely want to go to a smell museum. I think this is so, so fascinating. All I can ever think about is how everyone smelled like poop all the time in the past. Because, like, I looked this up, actually. Deodorant wasn't really invented properly until, like, 1910. So, like, and, and things must have just smelled so weird all the time. Like, I want to smell the past. Like, I mean... So some some things I think did smell good because like the Egyptians had like perfume bath, but like I really 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 want to smell what how bad things were. All right, Alex scores zero to ten. 
Uh, we'll start with six, eight, and five, because that last is kind of disgusting. But yeah, all right. <laughs> Mm, okay. Next topic. In the case of the, it's it is it is the case of the disappearing tweets. We've seen this a lot. People getting into trouble for tweets from years ago. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn was fired from the franchise over it before being rehired. Those pesky tweets stick around forever until now. Twitter on Tuesday introduced fleets, fleeting tweets that disappear after 24 hours, like Snapchat or Instagram stories. Twitter says in a blog post that it knows people are worried about the permanent nature of tweets and the pressure to rack up retweets and likes. So perhaps fleets can help with that anxiety. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. So uh, we're going to start with Ernie. Do you think fleets are the cure to, uh, I guess, Twitter anxiety? 30 seconds. Let's just say this outright right now. We are in the dark ages of social media. Social media has become such a crutch for humanity that now we can't even create new ways to communicate with each other. We have to copy off of everybody else. That's exactly what Fleets is. We already have Facebook stories and Instagram stories. Now we have Fleets. Come on, social media companies, do your job, create something that creates bonds between people and humanity and creates those unique connections that you say that you create ryan 30 seconds uh twitter sucks fleet is the name of a very popular brand of enema i think it's dumb nothing will fix twitter i see the rest of my time thank you very much <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna fleet this out right now that you did that i'm about to fleet as we speak <laughs> all right james 30 seconds look I, I, first off i love that all these things have these just one silly fleet bleep vlog i mean it's 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 annoying and in this case it doesn't matter which way i go because look if even people that have deleted past <laughs> tweets there's somebody that that screenshotted it there's someone right now in the room just waiting with his with his pizza and in front of his laptop just okay oh, oh the rock said that i'm gonna screenshot it forever it doesn't matter anymore what you do it lives on perpetuity forever all right alex what scores you want to give out for those arguments seven nine and eight okay well coming up our debaters have been thinking about things all week long they want to tell you and the other debaters we're here next master debaters from ktsa this is master debaters from 550 ktsa and fm 1071 I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week is Ryan, James, and Ernie, who are all working to convince and coerce our judge Alex to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep this debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our competitors before the show came up with a topic they wanted to talk about. They will get 90 seconds to do so. During those 90 seconds, if the other combatants wish to challenge, they will get 45 seconds each to present their challenges after that original case is made. After the challengers all give their arguments, the original presenter will get 45 seconds of their own 
to address the challengers. Now, if they change the topic from what they had sent in before, I will assess an automatic five-point penalty. There are also now more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or can take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they challenge or choose to stay quiet. So our points leader right now is Ernie. So Ernie, you get to start with your 90-second argument. Hey, all right. So my argument is has masculinity disappeared right on the cover of vogue this week is one of the biggest pop stars on the planet harry styles sitting there in a tuxedo jacket wearing a dress so has masculinity disappeared is that photo masculine i say yes because to me the true definition of masculinity is being able to do whatever it is you want to do, wear what you want to wear, present yourself how you want to present yourself without fear of wondering what other people think about you. Also kind of opening up the door to this idea of being respectful of one another. You know, there are some people in this world who want you to live how they choose for you to live. But that's not the that's not the idea of what we're trying to create as as a as a country, as a community, everybody needs to sort of peel back a little bit, get off of Harry Styles for wearing a dress because the dude is just doing the things that he wants to do, the things that he thinks is cool, the things that he's trying to expand his horizons by putting on a dress. And if it makes him feel like more of a man to put on a dress, who am I to judge his masculinity? Maybe actually that is the true definition of masculinity, is to do the things that you want to do, when you want to do them, how you want to do them. All right, James, challenge 45 seconds. I was lost on that one, Ernie. I had to, to, I had to challenge first off because I was like, what side are you standing on? Because guess what? Obviously, with Harry Styles, there's no more longer one direction. All right? It's any direction. And I say, yeah, as a man... Put a dress on because women have been taking our stuff from us and, and coming into our lane. And I'm I'm speaking like a guy right now. It's it's our turn. Oh yeah, we're coming for you, ladies. First man of old magazine. It's not gonna stop there. And guess what? We're coming for all your little bric-a-bracs. Yeah, I'm on Etsy right now. I'm selling I'm selling needlepoint. This is very true. I have someone making it for me. Now I'm coming into your lane. Nexus cookies, PTA. I'm, I'm I like being a stay-at-home dad sometimes. I'm taking that from you girls too. All right, and as men, we got a relish in this. All right, Ernie, 45 second rebuttal. Listen, so when you talk about masculinity, it's not necessarily just about what you're wearing or what you're doing or kind of taking something out of, you know, someone else's laying and making it your own. It's just really opening up to whatever the possibilities may create. So is Harry Styles masculine for an address? I say yes, because let the dude do what he wants to do. Let him wear what he wants to wear. So where do I come down on, on, you asked the question, where do I come down on the argument? I am in favor of a man doing the things that he needs to do in a respectful way, right, to express himself. And if he wants to wear a dress on the cover of Vogue magazine, and that makes him feel like a man, let him do his thing, wear that dress all proud. Like my brother used to wear my mom's nightgown when he was younger, and it makes him feel masculine. Let him do that. All right, Alex, uh, what points you want to give out? I'm going to give 15 points to Ernie. Okay. 
And to James for the uh, counterpoint, I will give I'll give about five. And Ryan, do you want to give him any points? Take away any points? Leave him even? I'll leave him even. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, it's now your turn to present your 90-second argument. All right. I am sick and tired of apps adding stories functionality. It started with Snapchat, and it was cool. It was exciting for the first time ever. Your content on the Internet would appear, and then it would disappear in 24 hours. It quickly became very popular with sex workers, drug dealers, and insider traders. It's very, very cool, and it's still very popular. Popular enough that Facebook became completely predatory about it and stole it and turned it into Instagram stories. Instagram stories, I think we can all agree, perfected it. It kind of replaced Snapchat for most people. It's now like the main thing that most of, you know, the younger people in our lives obsess over. I... We're good. We're done there. We don't need to take the format any further. We don't need any more apps trying it. LinkedIn doesn't need stories. Twitter doesn't need stories. I found out recently Spotify has some kind of story thing. Like we don't, Facebook doesn't need stories. If Instagram already has stories, Instagram is owned by Facebook. Why does Facebook also need stories? The only people using your Facebook stories are like those weirdos who like, you know, are trying to like sell you multi-level marketing schemes that you knew back in high school. None of these apps need stories. And in fact, to go further with this, it feels very much like that moment where, like, you know, you look at a street corner and it's like a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Wendy's, and it's just like all fast food that looks exactly the same as the other fast food. But it's the Internet. And the Internet didn't used to be like that. It used to be interesting and vibrant and cool. And now everything is the exact same thing run by the same five people, turning all of our friends and family into, like, weird QAnon people. I'm sick of it. No more stories. Let it go. James, 45-second challenge. Ryan, I think you're making the big mistake of calling these stories. They're not all stories, but I'm with you on that. The fact that, that there isn't a relevant story to be put in there. So if these, some of these apps had an actual control function in there, like, hey, you got to tell a story. Let's see what happens. And it, it's not just because I'm with you on that part. Hey, go see what I'm eating breakfast. Nah, hey, now, nah, you know, and that's it. That's all. That's not a story. You got to have an A to Z of your day. And it better be gosh darn exciting with a cliffhanger. That's why... I will say yes to stories, but yes to also writers writing your life, writing your story. When you walk out and you open up your app, well, guess what? You're going to have a writer and you have a script. And you have to follow the script through all day to see what happens in your story. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. But, yes, please, more stories. But make it more rigid. All right, Ryan, 45-second rebuttal. <laughs> okay, wait. I was talking about a very, like, the specific uh, functionality where you, like, post photos and videos in, like, uh, a, a temporary space. So, like, I wasn't talking about, like, like storytelling because, you know, I'm a journalist. I tell stories on the internet all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. I'm talking about, like, every app on the internet ripping off the exact same functionality, which is the button where you post a bit of media and then it's set to a timer and then it disappears forever so like a snapchat story or an instagram story or i discovered recently a linkedin story which is insane imagine using that and it's it's sort of to me like a sign like fleets are basically just a, an instagram story that twitter has stolen like the functionality is the same and to me i think it's indicative of a really over corporatized internet because everything is beginning to look exactly the same because there's no interesting ideas happening anymore now, a side question based off of James's response. Would any of you use an app that basically scripted your life? No. Right. Yeah, uh, you'd have to follow the script. Uh, yeah. Would you get any money out of it? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it'd be part of the app. 
Yeah, oh, like okay, like if well, yeah, there's like what in season three of Westworld, there's that that crime <laughs> app where like it pays you to do crimes. Like that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, Alex, uh, what scores do you want to give out? Ryan, who made the initial argument, correct? Yes. I will give 17 points. Okay. Um, and to James, who challenged, but I believe had a very interesting idea um, with having uh, writers script your day. Um, I'm going to give him uh, a bonus 17 points. Okay, and Ernie, he didn't give any responses. So do you want to give him points, take away points, or leave him even? I'll leave him even. All right, James, your turn. 90-second argument starts now. All right, we, we've all kind of been that, you know, in that situation with a relationship, and uh, you break up, and the person comes back, and, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to change and take me back. And, you know, you're at that point where, like, eh, maybe. Well, that's where we are right now with movie theaters. Movie theaters are obviously on the downfall. They're about to just break and have bankruptcy claimed all over the place. And now they're trying to stay alive by offering us $99 rentals for their for their theaters to watch whatever movie is out. You can't even choose your own movie. You got to watch whatever Adam Sandler Halloween movie is coming out and you put, post it on there. And guess what? You, you, you can't take your own food in there. It's a minimum of 20, maximum of 40 people. And you still got to buy their concession. That's... That's the worst breakup ever. There's the ex is still coming around and saying, "Hey, we can still hook up, but you got to take me to work in the morning." No, we're not doing it. Not when we have 80, 80 like screens at home. No matter what, and we can watch whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, with whoever we want, with more importantly, whatever food we want, because it's at home. Just, just walk away, theaters. Oh, still going. <laughs> and what all and all this will do? Don't get me wrong. We're gonna be sad for a little bit, but now, yeah, if you guys ever seen the Mandalorian where they shoot and it's actually like a LED LED screen, that's what we're gonna. That's the future of theaters. There you go. All right, uh, Ryan, forty-five second challenge. I think right now, no one should go to a movie theater. Like, there's no movie good enough in the world that's worth getting COVID for. I think we can all agree. And I think we can also all agree that movie theaters are very expensive. Netflix is very convenient. Yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think, though, that, like, the idea of a movie theater right now does need to die. But I think movie theaters themselves are evolving in really interesting ways. Like, you know, in a lot of major cities now, you can go to a movie theater and you can experience a movie like an adult which means like people bring you food or beverages to your seat and you can sit in comfortable chairs and it's like a nice experience i think the idea of the, the american movie theater has just been really 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 over corporatized and it's like not pleasant to be in these theaters but if we let those die we can replace them with better more interesting ways to watch movies as groups because i do think that's useful and interesting all right ernie 45 second challenge so uh the guy that just spoke before me actually did hit on a really interesting note, but I'm going to expand on that note because there is this idea of going to a movie theater for a unique experience. And unfortunately, movie theaters have gotten away from that. They're used to hauling in as many people as they can, stuffing them into one theater so they can make as much money as they can off of one showing of a film. What we need to do is basically have every American or really everybody in the world 
create their own little movie room in their home, like I have in my house, right upstairs, above my head, my family, we made hot dogs, popcorn, chocolates, like literally everything we could, and we watched Mulan, a theatrical version of Mulan in our own home, in our blankies and our, and our, and our, and our cushy socks, and it was excellent. James, 45 second rebuttal. Well, wow. If this was a movie, this is where I would turn to Alex, our judge, and give him the old wink and nod like, see that? I think I just got both parties to agree with me. Well, one then, pretty much, I, I believe, was it Ernie that, or Ryan that was saying, yeah, they should close. Of course. It's, it's too corporate. It's too big. And the other side said, hey, have a movie theater in your own. Both things I just said. In, in the scheme of debate, well, technically, I just swayed both of you guys. So, in, in retrospect, by letting these theaters die, it's only going to come back stronger. VR, a, uh, augmented reality, you name it. It's going to come back harder and stronger. It's not going to be like a 3D gimmick kind of thing as well. Like, let's take that out of the picture, the 4D stuff, you know, the extra the extra 12 bucks just to have, you know, air in the back of your neck sprayed on. No, we're talking real deal new experiences. All right, Alex, it's time to give out scores. Uh, what did you think about those arguments? How many points you want to give out? James made a very good point. Uh, I like movie theaters, but yeah, I totally understand the situation that they're in right now. And uh, yeah, they kind of have to, in a sense, they kind of have to die in order to to re reincarnate in their in in a sense. They rise like. The I will Phoenix. give him. I, I'm gonna give him uh, eighteen points. All right. What about Ryan with the first challenge? Uh, which was sort of an agreed upon challenge. I will give him. An additional 10 points. And Ernie with the second <laughs> yes. challenge? Ernie with the second challenge. I like the idea of, of having uh, a movie room in my house where I can actually make food and, 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 and uh, you know, I, I would have to get a popcorn machine or something like that. Uh, I, I would say an additional 15 points. Okay. Well, coming up, who's going to win? Well, it all Me. comes down to one final fight. <laughs> this is Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Yeah. That argument is going to end right here. It's going to end right now. It's a battle this week between Ryan, James, and Ernie to convince our judge, Alex, that their argument is the best argument. But now it comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So this is where it all gets decided in a five-minute me melee. We give it a topic. Their three contestants will hash out amongst themselves for a five-minute battle. No more, no less. Five minutes. At the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each contestant up to 100 points or can take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points will get a 15 second head start. Everyone else can join in after the bell has rung. So right now, the person with the fewest points is Ryan. So we are approaching Thanksgiving and one thing we really haven't heard much about the past few days is about the holiday itself, the things we're grateful for and the anticipation of that great Black Friday Eve feast. So what are you looking forward to for Thanksgiving this year? And what are you grateful this year? And what should everyone be grateful this year? James, uh, 
Ryan has the 15-second head start, and five minutes in total starts now. I mean, uh, just cancel it. <laughs> like, we don't need to do this. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like, everything's a mess. We don't need to hang out with each other. Everyone just, like, pick a show to watch on your whatever streaming service you have and just stay home. You don't need to go Black Friday shopping. You don't. You could FaceTime people you like. You don't ha even have to pretend like you want to be thankful for anything. Like, don't fake it. You know, just like roll around in it. Like, like spend a year just, you know, do whatever you feel like and just let it go. We don't need to do this. We roll don't need to pretend. Yeah, just, 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 just let it go, man. Like, like we don't have to go through the whole thing of like how we're gonna have Thanksgiving and how we're gonna like, like just. Just, just make it a normal Thursday. Just make it a normal Thursday. It doesn't have to be anything. Christmas is in like this, two weeks. This or needs to be the year where we are more than thankful for everything that we have. Our health. Uh, no, that could be next year when we have job, a vaccine. Potentially, when we no, have a vaccine, no, we can year. do that next year. We don't when need to do that this in year. Trouble, don't fake it. You need to be the most thankful for the things that you have, and even more thankful to those in your family that you have, even though you can't reach out and touch someone literally or have them over for Thanksgiving dinner. This is the year where Thanksgiving really, really does mean something to people. It really just put does on the crown. Mean... There's a new season on Netflix. <laughs> just turn on the crown and just like. Treat it like a normal day. It's just like you, you, you guys got to fight work, for it. Thanksgiving. You got to fight for your Thanksgiving. The pilgrims at this point would have been saying, hey, thankful that we didn't die from famine or get attacked by the Native Americans again. Or, I think there's you something know, we very inappropriate uh, about we, celebrating we, we Thanksgiving. We didn't die on, 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 on the rocks. Diseases to Native people during a pandemic. I don't think we should be doing that. Thanksgiving I'm thankful for my wife. Anyway. I'm thankful well, for my kids. I'm thankful for my son, my daughter, my health, my job. I'm thankful that I get to have it turkey on Thanksgiving and pumpkin pie and sweet potatoes and all of those things where so many other people in this country can't have those things this Thanksgiving. So yes, I'm going to be grateful. I am going to be thankful this Thanksgiving uh, for all the things that I have large and small for sure. He's, he's got a great point there. And also that pilgrim reference was not to say, Hey, look what they went through. It's for us to suffer as well. Hey, if we want to suffer, well, I mean, we that's for sure. Americans. We definitely yeah, are doing it's that. Our, it's our We're turn to have man. Grandma it, and Grandpa over. Hey, you guys got to sit in the corner and use a different restroom, and it's outside. Sorry, COVID rules. <laughs> Guess what? It's our time. Well, this is our suffering. We don't just get and, to and, sit and home and, oh, I got I to gotta sit. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Uncle Sal. You can't come over this year. No, he's coming over, and this is part of being an American. We sacrifice. Not just wearing a no mask. We sacrifice for Aunt... Aunt Becky coming over and finishing all the mashed potatoes like she always does. And she will again. Oh, my God, she will again. But that's what American is being all about. Sucking it up, having them over, getting a little little bit of COVID. No big deal. And getting out of there. <laughs> oh, my God. Just a little bit of COVID. But I'm thankful there's no kids table this year, right? If you can't have grandma, grandpa, and... You know, your big, all, all your 18 cousins over. There's going to be no kids' table this year. The kids can actually sit with the adults, have a nice conversation, maybe do a little game night, and talk to each other about what we're all thankful for. So, yes, Thanksgiving this year means just a little bit more because of the situation that we're all in. So turn around, turn yourselves around, turn your argument around, and be thankful for your wife, your dog, your pet, your 
cousins, your mom, who you probably can't see because she's in a different state. You can find her on Zoom, have a 30-minute Zoom conversation. And actually, like, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I don't have to sit there and listen to the relatives that I don't want at my house for Thanksgiving eating up all my food. I am thankful for that. That's opposite. That's the wrong way to say it. That being part of this, of the Thanksgiving, is at one point in the day saying, ugh, and that's it. No matter what it is, you're going to sit there and go, Oh, why are we doing this? Well, you know why? It's because we're Americans, and this is our Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know when Canada does their, does their Thanksgiving? In October, the beginning of October, and they're just oh, copying us. We nice. all know that know already. That. We already know that. They're copying. They just go to, like, I think they go to Burger King or something like that, and they celebrate whatever. But look at us. Tim we, Hortons, we have probably. turkey. We have everything. They go to Tim Hortons. Yep, that's their Starbucks. But look what we got, you guys. This is part of it. We have to go through with it just to say, hey, remember that one year we did Thanksgiving during COVID? Oh man, think and then the next year you could say we're thankful we're not doing that again. This is not, this is the time to go through with it and say, hey, you guys, high five each other. Just sit down and shut up, all right? Unless you're Gavin, get Governor Gavin Newsom, then you can do whatever you want, obviously. But but until well, then, who, just suck it up and let's have what, Thanksgiving. And who knows what Governor Matthew McConaughey might do during oh, a Thanksgiving right. during yeah. COVID? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, uh, what do you think about that argument? How many points you want to give out? Negative 100 to positive 100. This is tough because it was hard to keep track of who was saying what. Um, but I'm in a thankful <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a gracious and a good mood. So I've decided that I'm going to give all of the participants 100 points. Whoa, That's very generous of, of you. Wow. Thank you. Hmm. That I'm thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to do some very, very high-level math here. Let's <laughs> see who our winner is. Well, got some bad news for you guys. We have to do a tiebreaker. What? Mm-hmm. Whoa. So, uh, James and Ernie, you are tied for the win with 184 points. Whoa. So this Whoa. is a final, Let's final go. smackdown. I will present this topic, and you will both have to share 30 seconds to present your argument, and then Alex will give whatever score he wants based on that <laughs> argument. The topic... Santa Claus is coming to the mall, but don't try to sit on his lap. Despite the pandemic and the fact that Santa's age and weight might put him at high risk for severe illness from the coronavirus, <laughs> mall owners are going ahead with plans to bring him back this year. Malls are planning to have kids tell Santa what they want for Christmas from six feet away, and in some cases from behind a sheet of plexiglass. Santa and his visitors may need to wear a face mask even while posing for photos. And some malls will put faux gift boxes and other decorations in front of Santa Nick to block kids from charging toward them. Matt Piper, CBS News. So is it a good idea or a bad idea, whether it's just having Santa's in the mall or their plan with Santa in the mall, you will share 30 seconds and the judge can give or take away as many points as they wish. That 30 seconds starts now. Listen, all you gotta do is just track Santa on NORAD. That's it. You don't need to sit on his lap. You don't need to, you know, have him sit in the in the in the in the mall smelling like beef and cheese like they do on Elf. Just sit back on Christmas Eve and watch the Santa Tractor on NORAD, and you'll be good to go. You don't need the to go visit Santa. Smackdown. <laughs> Look, you guys, come on, dude. This is this is this. Imagine Santa coming into that. The kids need to see Santa. 
even in the disparity, how embarrassing hey, listen, is it six listen, feet away they, saying, they, huh? They huh? Santa, what do you want? Santa what? When he comes and delivers presents under everybody's trees and leaves him and then takes his smolly or Oreo or Oreo cookies or whatever it is and is on his merry they way. They got it. Santa. Santa. So, Alex. It's about... Alex, uh, yes. you have as many points as you wish to dole out or as many points as you want to take away for those arguments. Oh, boy. I'm going to give Ernie 20 points. I'm giving James 17 points. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Wow. <laughs> that was close. Close. That's well. I was worried you should have given him 19. Next same amount of points again. That would have not been anywhere. Another. Do more math. Well, you should have given him 19.5. Yeah. Oh, yeah that was so, after many minutes, well, maybe not so many minutes, but a number of minutes of heated discussion on the most controversial topics in the land, it is now time, after that tiebreaker, to name this week's master debater. In third place is Ryan with 174 points. In Good game, Ryan. Good game. second, not, not as bad as I thought. Not as bad as I thought. Okay. In okay. second place with 201 points is James, which means this week's master debater is Ernie with 204 points. You get 60 seconds to celebrate being a master debater. That starts right now. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank everyone. I'd like to thank my dog, Izzy, who's right here sitting next to me, laying down, looking at me like I'm crazy, and I don't know what I'm talking about because, I mean, to be honest, even though now that I've won, I can say that I just made up all of this crap off the top of my head as we were going through this. So I want to thank my dog, uh, my wife for making dinner tonight, giving me the sustenance that I needed uh, to pull out a victory. So thank you and good game to, to Ryan and James. You guys were worthy opponents, but I'm now walking around my house in victory. <laughs> And I'm and I and I'm gonna let this bleed on out too. Here we go. Let's just let it bleed out. <laughs> well, that is it. A big thanks to our three contestants. Ryan Broderick, who could be found on Twitter at Broderick. Media Boss Man. How about that title for James Ponce? And Ernie Martinez, who could find on Energy 941. And a huge thank you to our judge, Alex from Long Island, New York. Master, Thanks, Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios in KTSA San Antonio. You can learn more about Master Debaters online at KTSA.com slash Master Debaters. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Antonio's home for news and talk on air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.